2023 hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Dori Kaminong and I am the Commission's President. We will start with announcements. All right, thank you, President Camino. I'm Director Weiland, and I, I'm taking the place of Secretary May Leong today. Uh, we would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person here in City Hall in room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV, and available to view on Zoom or listen to by calling 1-669-900-6833 or using meeting ID 868-3726-3926. On Zoom. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item listed on tonight's agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. For those attending remotely, the Commission will hear up to 20 minutes of remote public comment total for each agenda item. Because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person in the queue will have an opportunity to provide remote public comment. Remote public comment from people who have received an accommodation due to disability will not count toward the 20 minute limit. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes total. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to me uh, behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you are also viewing the meeting on SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or a telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Hey, thank you, Executive Director Weiland. Okay, first up, we will do the call to order and roll call. 
Okay, uh, so this evening I just want to note that we uh, still have two vacancies on our commission, but we do have all five uh, commissioners in attendance, so let's go through. Commissioner Thomas. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Uh, President Camino. Here. Vice President Blyman. Here. And Commissioner Wong. Here. Okay, thank you. The next item on the agenda is item number two, general public comment. Okay, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission. With respect to the agenda items, members of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes at the time such item is called. Is there any public comment for items not listed on the agenda? Okay. All right, come forward, please. Thank you. Oh. Mm -hmm. Do I need to wait for you to present me? Oh, you can go right ahead. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. So uh, my name is Antonio Viradiglio. I live in the Fillmore. I, I'm not affiliated with anything. I'm just a neighbor. Uh, I own a condo in the Fillmore. I live there too. Um, so the reason I'm here, uh, I wanted to shed light on two things. So in the Fillmore, in O'Farrell Street between Steiner and Fillmore, we usually have events. Uh, there's a lot of events, uh, very often, every week. And um, I've never had anybody reach out to me or ask anything about whether we wanted to have events or, I mean, there wasn't any neighborhood reach out. And um, so that's the first point is that we have never, I mean, I've never received anything, no, no communication about that. And the sound level from these events is usually such that it gets into my apartment, even if it's one block away and I'm on the 11th floor. So, so there's that first. I mean, there's a lack of reach out. And so I've, I've actually talked with the commission before. Uh, I know that for 12 occurrences, you don't require neighborhood reach out necessarily. I mean, you don't uh, enforce that. So, well, 12 is a lot. I mean, if they do, for example, the Friday night market every single week, which that's the case, it's one quarter. So it's a lot of time. I mean, every week having music from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., it's a lot. Okay, so that's the first one. The second, the second issue is that I know that the commission knows that certain events are going to happen. There's no way for us, no easy way to know what events are going to happen, what events are we going to have in our neighborhood so that we can organize. So, and that, I don't see any reason because that's very easy. For example, the SFPD, they have a public calendar where they announce all the meetings uh, divided by district. And so we know exactly when things are going to happen. But in the case of our neighborhood, we don't know when we're going to have someone with amplified music there affecting our lives because that was, that, that was happened. Um, and Sorry, before I end, there's another issue that one time we had one weekend where we had three events in a row, uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, and, Mon and Sunday. And so I wonder if you have the tools to know if you are like overbooking um, a particular neighborhood because having music six hours a day uh, for three days in a row, it's a lot. And especially your weekend, you want to like get to your home and maybe have some rest. So. Yeah, but that's all I wanted to say. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, sir. Okay, is there any other members of the comment 
public for public comment. Hello, my name is Adrian, and uh, I am also a resident of the Fillmore area that uh, Antonio was talking about. Uh, we actually have formed a group on the Nextdoor website to uh, see how many members of our community are disturbed by the music that goes on, uh, permitted and unpermitted, through all hours of the day and night. And um, there have been many occurrences where the music was so loud that um, I'm a musician by trade, so I went out with my decibel meter and I stood about 100 feet away from the sound source and I measured up to 107 decibels, which is really loud. I'm not sure what the, um, what the limit is on that, but I, I measured 107 decibels uh, 100 feet from the sound source. And oftentimes, uh, I mean, I like to party as much as the next guy, but oftentimes the music is, you know, they're dropping F-bombs, they're playing crazy hip-hop with, you know, F-bombs and N-bombs and stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's super, super loud, and the community at large is, is reacting. Um, I've lived there for several years, and it seems since the pandemic, during the pandemic, it was really quiet all the time, which is great. But now that a lot of these uh, permitted events are happening, and uh, as Antonio said, we have, there is no outreach that we get from anyone. The one thing I will say is that when the Japantown Center has events that are going to be broadcasting really loud noise, um, they advertise it everywhere so everybody knows. But the events that happen on Fillmore Street, they are uh, oftentimes, uh, there's no advertisement about it. We have no idea when these things are going to happen. Uh, if there was some sort of schedule where we could look online to see where that is, and maybe if that was broadcast to the community at large, then uh, that would be helpful, because then we can plan our time to be away, especially when there are the weekends where there are events on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Many of these events that I've, I live a block away from there, and it, again, it shakes the windows of our apartments, and it's so super loud, but I've walked over there sometimes, and there's really not that many people. So they have these permitted events sometimes where they have these huge sound systems on these trucks and everything, just boom, 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 and, and there's like 20 people just wandering around the street like going crazy. So um, that's my... Um, my public comment today. Uh, thank you very much for having us, and we appreciate uh, being able to gather in the same room once again. Okay, thank you. Um, is there anyone else for public comment? Okay, seeing none. Is there online? Okay, we're good. Okay, public comment is now closed. The next item on the agenda is item number three, approval of minutes for the October 3, 2023 commission meeting. Do we have a motion? So moved. Thank you. Second. Awesome. Okay. Is there any public comment? Oh, sorry. I don't see any. Okay. Public comment is closed. Can we have a vote? Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. Okay. The minutes have been approved. Next item on the agenda is item number four, report from the executive director. Thank you so much, President Camino. I'm a little confused just going between the two roles tonight, but that's okay. So. You want to come up here? <laughs> no, no. 
let me just switch gears. So um, a few updates for you all tonight. So um, as you are likely aware from previous updates, we have a piece of legislation that is at the Board of Supervisors right now. Uh, this was introduced by Mayor Breed in the middle of the summer. I believe it was end of July for police code reform items. The bread and butter of this legislation is making it possible for our small businesses to apply for a brick and mortar permit um, out of the JAM program and do that free of charge. Um, and so we are really hoping that this passes through um, and is signed into law soon. It did um, go to the full board today um, and it passed on first reading. Um, they did choose uh, Supervisor Chan um, asked for the legislation to be duplicated um, and held back two small pieces of it that are going back to budget and finance. Um, and this is from 1060.3 uh, requiring um, applicants to disclose criminal uh, charge history to the Entertainment Commission. We were hoping to remove that from code uh, given the fact that the police department is able to conduct that research on their own, um, but there was some confusion about the flow of that, and so we are working through some code changes to make sure that we're um, uh, making our relationship with the police department a little bit more clear and how we function and, and pass on referrals from our applications. Uh, that said, every other piece of the, the legislation moved forward, which is great. Um, so I'll keep you apprised of that. Um, we are really hoping that that gets uh, signed into law as quickly as possible. Um, the next item in my update is just a quick debrief on APEC 2023 and our role in that. That feels like a lifetime ago at this point, which is a little bit wild. Um, but I did just want to thank staff tremendously for their work to help support um, our office's role in supporting APEC, uh, specifically um, Caitlin in my stead when I was out of the office helped take on a leadership role. Um, Senior Inspector Zavrina helped put together a master calendar of events to be shared to other city departments for situational awareness. That also went up on the APEC website so that att attendees were aware of local events that were happening. Um, and then a big thank you to Dylan Rice on the team who worked to develop a lot of content for uh, APEC. So um, that is complete. We are doing an after action with the Department of Emergency Management shortly. Um, and I'll continue to keep you apprised of any other large scale events that come to our city. <laughs> Um, couple other updates for you. So yesterday was sadly the last day of Inspector Michael Fiorentino's time with the Entertainment Commission. Um, I, I think we're all very, very sad to see him go. He was a, a big part of this, this, um, staff. Um, and I was about to say this family, <laughs> um, he was, he was great. Um, you know, I got to see him today and say goodbye. He leaves tomorrow. Um, just thank him again so much for not only his work, um, as a commission inspector being on staff for, I believe six years, five years, five and a half years, quite a long time, but also all of the work that he did during the pandemic, um, which was huge. He, um, 
was an integral part of our staff. He told me today that it's the best band that he's ever been in. So um, it was really sweet. Um, and we uh, were able to post the uh, vacancy for the position while we still had Mike, which was great. We just closed that vacancy, um, and we had 51 applicants, which is a little bit mind-blowing. I have never seen that many applicants for an entertainment commission job in general. So looks like we'll have a great pool to choose from. I'll keep you all apprised. We're hoping to fill that vacancy very quickly. And then final update is just around our annual holiday party, which a uh, reminder is happening this Monday, December 11th at Bourbon and Branch. Um, begins at 5 p.m., Obviously, you all are invited, um, and it is open to the public, and we are encouraging all of our permit holders to attend. Uh, it will be a cash bar, uh, and it will be pretty informal, but it's a great opportunity to dress up a little bit if you want and come and mingle with other people in the entertainment in industry um, and other folks in city government. So let me know if you have any questions, and that's it. Celebrating our 20th, right? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Yes, and we're celebrating our 20th anniversary as um, an office. So um, we also are going to have a couple of the people who helped start the commission in attendance. So we're really, really looking forward to it. Thank you, Director Wyland. Um, fellow commissioners, do you have any uh, questions or comments for Director Wyland? Okay. Well, I, I just want to congratulate you and your team for the work during the last uh, probably three to six months in preparation for APEC. I'm sure it felt like a decade. <laughs> um, and also, you are there's so much truth in that statement that we are a family. And so, uh, Commission Inspector Mike, you will be missed wherever you are. <laughs> and, um, you know, good luck going through 51 applications. <laughs> Thank you. And that luck goes out to Deputy Director Azevedo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right on. Okay, is there any public comment from the Executive Director's report? Not in the internets? Okay, thank you. Seeing none, public comment is now closed. The next item is item number five, report from the senior inspector. Thank you, President Camino. Good evening, commissioners. We have received 194 311 complaints since our last commission hearing on October 3rd. I have a few updates below. Please let me know if you have any questions. <clears throat> My first update is on Northern Ducks, located at 1355 Market Street. Northern Ducks once held a POE with our office that is now inactive. In October, the landlord informed us that they were evicting Northern Ducks and specifically said that the business cannot host entertainment. The landlord shared a flyer with us advertising a Halloween party and requested we visit the business. On Friday, October 27th, Inspector Fiorentino visited Northern Ducks at 7.30 p.m., and upon arrival, he observed a DJ playing inside the business. He spoke with the owner and stated that they do not have an active permit to host entertainment, to which the owner replied by confirming that they were indeed having an, an, an event with entertainment until 2 a.m. <clears throat> Northern Ducks was issued a citation for operating entertainment without the necessary permit. Deputy Director Azevedo also shared the citation with the landlord and the city attorney's office for awareness. 
My next update is on the Brixton, located at 2140 Union Street, who holds an LLP with our office. On Sunday, October 8th, we received a 311 sound complaint about loitering and loud music outside of the Brixton at 12.07 a.m. Inspector Fiorentino responded to the complaint at 12.40, and upon arrival, he observed the outdoor speakers in operation. He spoke with the manager about the complaint, who said he did not know the outdoor speakers were still on and proceeded to turn them off. Inspector Fiorentino then asked if the manager knew what the interior sound limit was and who was monitoring the sound slash where the meter was. However, the manager was unable to answer these questions. Inspector Fiorentino then took an internal sound measurement, which showed the DJ to be operating 3 dBA and 7 dBC above the approved sound limit. He then worked with the DJ to bring the volume down into compliance. The Brixton was issued a $100 citation on October 11th for having outdoor speakers on outside of approved jam permit hours, staff not knowing the sound limit, and then operating in, in excess of their approved sound limit. On Friday, October 27th at 11.15 p.m., we received another 311 sound complaint about loud music at the Brixton. Inspector Fiorentino responded to the complaint that night at 12.05 a.m. Upon arrival, he took an internal sound measurement, which showed the DJ to be operating at 106.8 dBC, which is nearly 10 dBC above the conditioned sound limit of 89 dBA and 97 dBC. Inspector Fiorentino spoke with the manager about the complaint, and then after several attempts, he was able to bring the DJ's volume into compliance. Then, the following night of October 28th at 11.15 p.m., Inspector Zelenak responded to another 311 sound complaint about the Brixton. Upon her arrival, she took an internal sound measurement, which showed the volume of the DJ to be 8 dBC above approved sound limits. Inspector Zelenak was able to work with the manager to bring the sound levels into compliance. The Brixton was issued a $300 citation for operating in excess of their sound limit during both visits that weekend. My next update is about the Silverstone Cafe, located at 3278 24th Street, who holds an LLP with our office. On Saturday, October 28th, we received multiple 311 complaints about loud music coming from the back patio of Silverstone Cafe. Inspector Zelenak responded to the complaint on Sunday, October 29th at 3 p.m. Upon arrival, she spoke with a staff member who confirmed that there was a birthday party on Saturday, October 28th and said a DJ played music in the backyard from 3 to 7 p.m. Inspector Zelenak explained that the LLP permit does not cover outdoor entertainment, but the owner insisted otherwise. In April of 2023, Deputy Director Caitlin Azevedo e emailed Silverstone Cafe's owners and management explaining that their LLP permit is only for indoor entertainment and provided education on the steps to take to amend the permit to include outdoor activity, and it was noted that if we observe future violations, we may take enforcement action. Silverstone Cafe was issued a citation on October 31st for operating outdoor entertainment without the necessary permitting, and we have since heard from the ownership, and they understand the parameters of their LLP permit. My next update is on Beer Garden, located at 424 Octavia Street, Beer Garden, currently does not hold any active EC permits, but since the violations occurred below, they have applied for an LLP permit and will be at our next hearing. We received numerous 311 complaints regarding Beer Garden and on the weekend of October 20th. 
Inspector Zelenak responded to these complaints on October 21st, and upon arrival, she observed a DJ performing at volumes that could be heard several blocks away. When asked, beer garden employees explained that the music would be off at 8 p.m. Inspector, the inspector returned to the business at 7.55 p.m., and another complaint came in that evening. When she arrived, the business was closed, but employees were playing pre-recorded music loudly as they cleaned. Deputy Director Azevedo contacted the ownership team to educate them about permitting requirements, and they responded that they'd apply for an LLP permit right away. However, on Sunday, October 29th, Inspector Zelenak responded to two 311 sound complaints about Beer Garden at 5.20 p.m. and 7 p.m., and again observed unpermitted DJs performing inside a shipping container. As such, Beer Garden was, notice, was issued a notice of violation for operating without a permit. As mentioned, management has begun in the LLP permit application progress, process, and we are working to come into compliance. Next update is about Hotel Via, located at 144 King Street. Hotel Via holds an LLP permit with our office. On Saturday, November 18th, we received a 311 sound complaint stating loud music from a rooftop party at Hotel Via. Inspector Zelenak was able to respond in real time. Upon arrival, she took a sound measurement which showed the volume to be nearly 7 dBA and 4 dBC above their approved limit of 85 dBA and 97 dBC. She found the sound engineer who had the iPad, which acts as a soundboard controller, but they didn't appear to be actively monitoring the volume. In working with Inspector Zelenak, the sound team was able to bring levels into compliance. We again received complaints on Sunday, November 19th, but could not substantiate as we did not have an inspector in the field that day. Hotel Via was issued a citation for violating their sound limit on November 18th. My next update is about Imperial Palace, located at 818 Washington Street. Imperial Palace holds a POE with our office. As a reminder, earlier this year, Imperial Palace was found hosting entertainment events after 2 a.m. without an extended hours permit. After issuing two citations and working with the city attorney's office, the business agreed to cease the late night operations. However, at, at 2 a.m. on Sunday, November 12th, Inspector Fiorentino visited Imperial Palace after learning about another late night party occurring at the premises. After, or sorry, when he arrived, he could hear the DJ music playing from outside the Imperial Palace. As he tried to enter the business, he was stopped by a security guard, so he asked for the manager, who has worked with Inspector Fiorentino before. The manager eventually came down and allowed the inspector inside the business. He explained that he was there to see if the event was ending at 2 a.m., to which the manager said it was. At this point, it was 2 a.m., and there was no indication of the event ending. As Inspector Fiorentino left, he saw the front lights to the business turn off, but did not see any patrons leaving. He re-entered re the venue again at 2.10 a.m. and saw many people still present inside consuming alcohol. After about 10 minutes, the manager saw Inspector Fiorentino inside and proceeded to tell the DJ to stop the music. It was then the patrons started leaving. Deputy Director Azevedo has made it clear in previous communications with ownership that Imperial Palace does not have an extended hours premises permit to host entertainment after 2 a.m., nor are they legally allowed to obtain one due to their zoning restrictions. Because this unlawful behavior continued after extended conversations with EC staff in March of 2023, 
Imperial Palace was notified that the Entertainment Commission may have grounds to suspend their POE for not adhering to zoning controls, stating that operations cannot occur past 2 a.m. Lastly, Deputy Director Azevedo notified the City Attorney's Office and the ABC and ALU about after-hours alcohol consumption on the premises. Imperial Palace was issued a citation for these violations, but to date we have not heard back from the owner, nor has the citation been paid. Staff are working with our council to navigate the situation, and we will keep you apprised. <clears throat> My next update is about Piazza Pellegrini. Located at 659 Columbus Avenue, Piazza Pellegrini holds an LLP for indoor and outdoor entertainment with our office. On Saturday, November 18th, we received two sound complaints that Inspector Zelenak responded to that evening at 8.40 p.m. Upon arrival, there was a band performing on the stage outside. When she took a sound measurement, it showed the volume to be at 95.1 dBA and 96.4 dBC, well over the approved sound limit of 79 dBA and 84 dBC maximum. Inspector Zelenak spoke with the owner about bringing the sound levels down, but by the time he was able to ask the band, they were ending their set. Piazza Pellegrini was issued a notice of violation for not monitoring their sound or adhering to approved sound limits. My next update is about Trinity Irish Bar and Restaurant, located at 1851 Union Street. They hold an LLP permit with our office. On Thursday, November 9th, I visited Trinity to set an internal sound limit from the front, for the front bar area. While I was there, I spoke at length with Nick about the ongoing complaints and their rear neighbors hearing the sound when there is no music playing upstairs. I noted that when the game room doors are open to the patio, which are a second set of patio doors that lead straight up from the back bar, sound is escaping up the stairwell and funneling out. We spoke about potential abatement, pollution, or abatement solutions in the stairwell, but ultimately concluded that these doors need to remain closed when there's entertainment downstairs. The following night on Friday, November 10th, Inspector Fiorentino responded to a 311 complaint at 8.45 p.m. When he arrived, he noted that there was no music playing upstairs, but there was a DJ downstairs, and the game room doors were open to the patio, causing sound to leak outside. As such, Trinity was issued a notice of violation. Deputy Director Azevedo reminded the owners that the onus was on them to be compliant with all conditions. At 9.05 p.m. on Saturday, November 18th, Inspector Zelenak responded to three 311 sound complaints about Trinity. Upon her arrival, she observed pre-recorded music playing in the front bar area and a DJ performing in the back bar area. She took measurements in both spaces and found the sound levels to be in violation of their approved limits. The front bar's volume was 10 dBA and 7 dBC above their approved limit. The back bar's volume was 9 dBA and 7 dBC above their approved limit. These are significant sound violations, and Inspector Zelenak noted that the side doors from the front bar to the breezeway were open, causing sound to escape the building. She then went upstairs and observed loud pre-recorded music playing in the private event space with the main patio doors open. Further, until one of the owners arrived, there was no manager on site who was in charge or aware of the permit conditions. Eventually, an owner came on site, and Inspector Zelenak worked with him to rectify the numerous violations. Trinity was issued a $500 citation for violating their approved sound limits, operating entertainment with the doors open, 
playing music upstairs with the doors open and not having an on-site manager during operations. Following this issuance of the citation, the owners called Deputy Director Azevedo to discuss potential recourse options. They stated that they want to play recorded music upstairs with the patio doors open, but she reminded them that due to their buildings, due to their buildings layout, having the doors open to the patio create an outdoor environment and the music escapes directly into the neighbor's homes and this is not allowed. When they suggested putting a speaker in the office, which is adjacent to the private event room, so they could play music in the office with its doors closed, but then the sound would be audible to go to Sorry, but then the sound would be still be audible to the upstairs guests. Deputy Director Azevedo explained that this was a non-viable workaround and they needed to adhere to their permit conditions. My final update is about SF Mix, located at 4086 18th Street, who holds a POE with our office. Throughout 2022, EC staff has worked closely with management to mitigate sound issues brought to our attention through numerous weekly 311 complaints. We have since implemented successful monitoring techniques to ensure compliance. EC has received 57 311 complaints from January 19th, 2023 to November 19th of 2023. Of these 57 complaints, we have visited the business 29 times in response. Of these 29 complaints, SF Mix has been found in compliance with their permit conditions each time. EC staff are asking for your guidance in deprioritizing complaint response at the venue based on their demonstrated ability to comply with permit conditions. And that is all. Thank you, Senior Inspector Severina. <laughs> It was a lot. Thank you for the read along. <laughs> uh, commissioners, do you guys have any questions or comments? <coughs> You've been busy. <laughs> That's yes, a we lot. Have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I know my favorite hotel, Via, is on that list yet again, as always. Um, uh, there were, um, I, I mean, first of all, in terms of your request around the SF mix, I think it makes uh, total sense that if they are continuing to be found in compliance every single time, which is impressive. I think there are very few places that are as in compliance as that every time they get visited. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, deprioritize it unless it seems like there's something additional going on. That, Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, there was a, so a place we funder or something on here that I didn't even understand what that was, but um, that seemed to be generating a number of complaints. <coughs> you have a short description of what's going on there. Yeah, we funder is a private workspace. Um, uh -huh. The one, the Got specific it. one we're looking at is in the mission. Um, they have received numerous calls. Uh, there was one visit that I made to them. Uh, I was unable to make contact, but they were having a seemingly private event, right? There was no ticket sales. There was no clear way to get into the space. Um, but I could see through the windows trying to wave to get attention. I, no one wanted to open the door for me. Um, and I did observe a, a small not so professional band will say uh playing um and there was about 10 or 12 people in there during that visit 
Um, we also had Inspector Zelenak visit, correct? Correct, and I've actually spoken, um, hi, Commissioner Hello. Thomas. <laughs> I actually spoke with one, the event manager there and did a full like rundown of the required permits and they understand there was in fact an event that did have entertainment that should have been permitted. They were unaware that that was required. A lot of it's work happy hours. And so it's an explanation of if you're, they have a, a roll-up door that leads to a courtyard. And I explained if you're going to have your speakers outside with the roll-up door open, you would, in fact, need a permit for that. They understood. So they said, we'll bring it inside, close the doors. Um, and it sounds like they are in direct contact with that one neighbor who is complaining. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your extensive report. I might just have a quick feedback to the couple of residents who are in the audience today. So I want to encourage you to please call 311 whenever you have a complaint. As you can see, we take this seriously, uh, noise uh, complaints, so that we can have it on our record and keep track of it. So please uh, log your complaints through 311. I wanted to speak to the uh, Brixton. Sorry if you were done, Commissioner. Uh, it seems like this business is continuing to present a challenge and showing some flagrant disregard for permit conditions. Is that one that we can call back? We have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have some thoughts about this. Okay, please continue. So we're seeing Trinity and Brixton over and over again. Mm -hmm. We have called both of them in here. Um, I think the point of calling... Uh, people who are continuing to violate their permits um, in here is to try to offer this as a potential solution rather than the punitive side, which is an escalating series of citations. Uh, uh, city attorney gets involved. And in some cases, like we've seen, you know, uh, ABC and other things get involved. So my personal feeling about calling them back in is we tried and it didn't work. And now they're at the mercy of the of the the process as it's laid out. Um, that's just how I feel, but I'm open to other discussions. I also do not think that the mix uh, should be continued to take so much staff time considering, again, um, 20 something times in a row they've been in compliance, then this just harassment by on our part if we continue to show up there, I see it that way. Um, but I, I, I don't think that our message to those two actors has gotten through and I think you know our job of trying to solve this via these means, which I would argue are a lot softer and more diplomatic, um, are working. So I just say, you know, <coughs> put them at the mercy of of our escalating series of of violations and citations in the city machine. Okay. I also want to note that I counted like 194 calls, and it's pretty amazing that the ones that really only rose most of the ones that rose to attention are are the same actors that have been Repeat happening. offenders. I actually think that's a good thing, though. I think, you know, we're doing our job on all the others, and we're seeing the people that are continuing to violate permits, and that's that's the reason we exist. So it's Yeah, it's really frustrating to see these people continue to um, disrespect the guidelines of their permits, and I definitely agree. We tried the diplomatic approach. What does that look like, this this harder approach. Can someone walk me through that? The Brixton specifically is mm -hmm. one citation away from having their permit suspended again for 15 okay. days. So that already occurred back in August. Mm -hmm. And um, so if they receive 
one more citation within that 90-day period, um, which if my memory serves me correctly, it's in the beginning of February, um, then there we would suspend again. And at this point, we can continue to issue citations at that $500 value or increase. Got it. Um, as for Trinity, repeat offender as well, um, they're two citations away from that 15-day suspension. Um, but they did hit the $500 threshold because they had citations issued before their permit was issued. So that's why they're not in the, uh, they're not having their permit suspended quite yet. Okay. And is there something stopping us from referrals to the city attorney already or no on those? Um, we're not, I haven't looped in the city attorney on either of those at the moment because it's just clear violations of their like permit conditions and nothing outside of that. So meaning like we're not seeing illegal after hours or alcohol sales. It's just like flagrant disregard to their permit conditions under our okay. purview. So it would only be appropriate once the permit has been suspended or revoked. If we're seeking to do something further than the 15-day administrative suspension, that's when we would loop in the city attorney. Okay. Everything's on the table as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. again, I think this is a sign of good, I mean, I think it's a really, I mean, it's a very negative sign for these specific people, but a very positive sign for us because we're out there doing the work for the other hundreds and hundreds of permits and they're in compliance for the most part. And, mm -hmm. you know. I'd like to add one more thing, Vice President Blyman. People have been overwhelmingly responsive to the education, and we're getting a lot of new permit applications from businesses based on, like, we received a complaint, hey, this is what you actually have to do, and then coming through the permitting process. So we are seeing that in the numbers of permit applications. Okay, that's great. Um, are there any more comments, questions? Does staff need any other guidance or action from us to deprioritize the SF mix complaints? Vote. Probably a vote to do so. That way it's on the Aye. record. Okay. I, I move to vote to deprioritize the SF mix complaints. Second. Okay, great. Uh, Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Perez? I oh we didn't do public comment oh sure go for it thank you for the reminder <laughs> is that my thing public comment <laughs> yeah I think so okay you need to be is our there backstop. any public comment on um, on this okay hello uh, my name is Adrian I live on uh, Webster and O'Farrell and um, I was wondering uh, I really think it's a great report that you have with all those different things, although it sounds like it concerns mostly uh, permit holders. And so one of uh, myself and my neighbors um, who are online and here in the room is we have an issue in the Safeway parking lot on Webster Street where it's the same group of people who repeatedly play super loud music late at night uh, all the time from this giant white van. And uh, we've made 311 complaints many times. We've called the police non-emergency hotlines. We've met with our supervisor, Dean Preston, about all this stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how the prioritization works to get an inspector to an unpermitted um, sound violation that has a recurrence factor of multitude of, of days and nights that we've been tracking now for about a year. 
And uh, like I said previously, there's a whole next door group of the people in the community who are, you know, actively like, okay, we're all hearing the same thing. We're all calling 311. We're all calling the non-emergency hotline and reporting the same stuff. But we're trying to figure out how that could be something that would, uh, how, do we, how do we garner an inspector to go out there when it's on a regular basis? And it's, it's four, five, six hours at a time. And so we're just trying to figure out how to, uh, how to deal with this. And so any guidance that the commission could give us either uh, in some sort of online discussion or if there's any documentation that we can reference aside from the things that we're already doing, we would appreciate it very much as a community of the um, Fillmore and Japantown district. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any other public comment? Okay, please come up. Hello, uh, so Antonio, um, so I'm also living in the Fillmore again. Um, so I was, I was thinking uh, when, when all of this was being reported, I asked myself a question of, so this is kind of a, a thought, thought experiment. So, but if we have a business, let's say that always operates within the hours of their permit, but they, they don't respect the sound level constantly. I mean, they decide to operate outside of it and to pay all the fines. My question is, what would be the monthly cost of running an operation like that, and how long would it take to shut it down for, to the, for the commission? How long would it last? Okay, thank you. As a reminder, public comment is not a question and answer period, so um, we are not required to respond to your questions, but what I will say is for um, you to direct um, these questions to the commission staff they are available to um, provide you uh, guidelines around how to um, respond and work with um, the permit holders or the non-permit holders. Okay, thank you. Uh, is there any other public comment? No? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Okay, we are ready for our vote. Okay, Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. The next item on the agenda is item number six, updates on nightlife business assistance. Okay. Oh. Ben Van Houten from OEWD. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me pass the mic to uh, Vice President Blyman. I just want to say some words about uh, Ben Van Houten, the hardest working guy in show business. I'm just kidding. Go on, Ben. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, and uh, uh, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, ben Van Houten from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Um, it's been a little while since the last uh, update, but I know you have a full agenda tonight, so I'm going to try to truck through some things and then happy to answer any questions. Um, First up, uh, state legislation update. Um, there were bills pending the last time we talked, and those have all been uh, resolved for the year. Uh, we we're pleased that SB 76 by Senator Weiner was signed into law. That uh, bill does uh, two things. Uh, it 
enables San Francisco, and as a reminder, it originally started as a statewide bill, but was uh, uh, limited in committee to San Francisco to designate entertainment zones for shared outdoor alcohol consumption uh, from restaurants and bars into outdoor areas in conjunction with special events. Um, as a reminder, there will that, that, that process of designating an entertainment zone requires the adoption of a local ordinance of the Board of Supervisors. Um, there are elements of the state law that we are working in real time with ABC to better understand how to uh, uh, puzzle out. And then um, you know, there will be a lot of work with local stakeholders in the areas where um, uh, constituents, stakeholders, advocates, seek to pursue entertainment zones. So um, I think this is really the beginning of the journey there. And then the other piece of SB 76 was uh, reforming the Type 90 music venue license to provide clear guidelines around how music venues with this license can host a limited number of private events, and then also allowing uh, music venues with that license to serve drinks in multiple rooms if they have a multiple room facility, just like restaurants and bars can. Um, been talking with the Neva California chapter on doing another webinar around the Type 90 music venue license at the beginning of the year. There are about 20 businesses statewide that have either applied for or been issued at Type 90, uh, including several in San Francisco. So there's obviously, with these reforms in place, um, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, potential, potential opportunity for, uh, for Type 90s uh, moving forward. Um, AB 1217 was also signed into law extending the temporary pandemic outdoor alcohol permitting uh, system until July 1, 2026. So th what that really means is that um, businesses are currently getting into compliance with shared spaces. From an ABC perspective, they will need to permanently, if they want to continue serving alcohol in parklets and other uh, uh, outdoor spaces that aren't part of their licensed premises now, they're going to have to go through the process of getting those areas licensed onto their premises um, formally uh, by July. 2026. Second page of state updates, um, AB 1013 was signed into law. This will require bars to have drink spiking test kits available for sale to patrons. Um, it takes effect in July of next year. This is something that I think I had flagged in the last update, but really I don't think got very much discussion uh, uh, at all in, in terms of from the, from the nightlife uh, industry. But um, I, I actually, uh, by chance, was uh, had a, a conversation with the Department on the Status of Women and um, some uh, uh, practitioners at the Sexual Violence Center in our sister city of Cork in Ireland around some of the work that they're doing around um, safe gigs and 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 drink drink spiking and, and other uh, issues around nightlife health and safety. And I think that um, you know this law will require bars to do to do something, but there's a broader opportunity for education and engagement of our nightlife community around health and safety and drink spiking. So I, th I think there's, it, there's, there's an opportunity here to do more education work and um, do more work around, around patron health and, health and safety and how to, how to protect each other. Um, so you know, I, I think the, the work that the, we all did around Narcan uh, education was really um, a really positive accomplishment uh, this year, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can think about uh, the drink spiking as one of the um, educational projects next year. Um, finally, AB 374 from Assemblymember Haney was vetoed by the governor that would have allowed uh, cannabis dispensaries to sell non-prepackaged food and drinks and also to have uh, ticketed entertainment events. 
Um, I have uh, uh, pasted the governor's veto message or portions of it on that slide, um, but um, uh, that's certainly a disappointing outcome in terms of creating new opportunities for entertainment. Uh, couple slides of local updates. Um, as Director Weiland mentioned, the police code entertainment reforms package passed on first reading uh, earlier just a couple of hours ago. Um, and um, since the process now is second reading next Tuesday and then signed into law by the mayor and then effective in January. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so we will be able to start uh, hopefully issuing, uh, or the Entertainment Commission will be able to start issuing uh, fee waivers with funding supported by OEWD uh, for this conversion or this transition from jam permits to brick and mortar permits early next year. Um, also uh, adopted today on first reading by the board, the planning code package of small business reforms led by the Office of Small Business with some really great nightlife stuff in there, clarifying zoning for the type 90 music venue licenses, um, increasing access to 90-day review of conditional use authorizations for nightlife businesses, which were one of the um, categories of businesses, uh, uh, there are only a few categories of businesses excluded from accessing 90-day conditional use authorization review, and, um, and Nightlife was, was one of them, and, um, and that is changing in this uh, package. Um, good, positive, positive momentum. Um, I have a slide in here on cannabis events, just to highlight some work that happened at the board uh, recently, and, and just to tee up some ongoing work that, that we are doing with uh, commission staff and with the Office of Cannabis um, looking into to, to next year and, and beyond. Um, currently, there is a pilot program that enables cannabis sales and consumptions at a specific, at a, at a set of events that meet a specific set of requirements. So it's a, it's a limited use, limited universe rather, of events um, outdoor, large outdoor events that have uh, a cannabis component. Um, legislation, that, that pilot was set to expire at the end of the year. Uh, Supervisor Mandelman authored legislation to extend the pilot three more years to December 31st, 2026, coming out of some recommendations from the Cannabis Task Force, but with the understanding, and, and we talked about this at committee uh, a couple of months ago, that, um, that, that, that part of the goal here is to do some thoughtful research and stakeholder engagement and more thinking about what expanding the pilot would look like. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the angle for, for um, or the intersection with, with, with my work is that, you know, cannabis events, we see cannabis events as the potential economic recovery tool, um, benefits for local cannabis businesses, cannabis tourism, and for our arts, culture, and entertainment sector. So, um, so how should we approach uh, thinking about um, additional cannabis events? There's um, on the one hand, we are working to identify potential locations that could meet the existing state and local requirements. And those state requirements are incredibly challenging and really, um, I think, are weighted toward large-scale events and, and have uh, restrictions around public visibility. They have security requirements that make it very challenging for smaller events to even, to even think to participate. Um, and then secondly, we are exploring approaches to stakeholder engagement. So we want to we find spaces, if there are spaces, that meet the existing rules right now, and then we want to hear from industry stakeholders, cannabis stakeholders, about where they want to do events, um, to, to have sort of both of those uh, uh, lines of inquiry. And then the Office of Cannabis is also um, leading, thinking about how those you know, significant state requirements, like what, what are the impacts of those requirements on events, and, um, and what are the needs or opportunities for, for reform at the state level um, there. 
finally, a couple slides on our uh, SF Live initiative. Um, earlier today, we launched our webpage for uh, San Francisco music and entertainment venues to apply to participate in SF Live in 2024. So what that means is we are funding a series of outdoor concerts in parks and plazas in San Francisco, and um, we want those concerts to be curated by our local uh, music and entertainment venues. Um, venues that apply to the program and that meet the qualifications and are selected will be matched with one of our nonprofit production partners who will handle the back end, handle funding, handle uh, the, the permitting, and, um, and there will be a talent budget provided to entertainment venues to, to, again, work to curate talent for these concerts, and the venue itself will receive a stipend of up, up to $3,000. So I have here the, qualif the qualifications. Uh, we're talking venues with POE permits that have a uh, track record of offering frequent year-round entertainment programming, and with priority to venues that received funding in the venue fund uh, that showcase styles of music not otherwise included in the program, demonstrate a track record of hiring musicians of color who reflect, reflect the diverse cultural interests of San Francisco's communities, and add to the geographic diversity of music venues across San Francisco participating in the program. So we really wanna, we want uh, a variety of music. We want a variety of venues represented through this program, and all of this information and how venues can apply at oewd.org slash sflive, while we are also working on um, some really cool branding that will be attached to this concert series that we are not ready to launch yet. But um, thank you to President Camino for uh, many hours of participation in this process. Um, to launch? What's up? We're not ready to launch. Well, well, I mean, we're not ready to launch today. I, I'm, I, that's, that, that is not my next slide. My next slide is uh, thank you, and if you have any questions, happy to. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Ben. That was excellent. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments for our dear friend? Yes. Hello. With regards to SF Live, yeah. you mentioned that the venue will have to apply uh, in can event producers apply as well instead of the venue? You know, right now it is a there is a limited universe of um, of funding, and it and it was it was really focused. You know, it, it came out of pandemic funding to support venues and to really focus on showcasing our venues. Um, that doesn't mean that in the future the program couldn't expand or adapt. I mean, I, I, you know, this is this is very much a we're we're prototyping in real time. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, a quick right. clarifying question on SB 76. I spoke with a couple um, bar and restaurant owners who were interested in investing downtown and what could be, um, like create a cluster to work on an entertainment zone, but then I was troubled to see that it is tied to special events only. Could you just um, provide a little more color there? Yeah. Um, Great question. So, so, um, for most of the legislative process, it was not tied to special events. Mm -hmm. um, toward the, at actually the last committee hearing of the of the the process, um, that language around special events was inserted into the bill. At the same time, the bill was limited to San Francisco only. Um, that that certainly, and you know, and, and and part of the logic there to to be to be fair to it, part of the logic was well, to the extent that you want restaurants and bars to be able to participate in fairs and festivals, then that still, that's still permissible under, under the bill. Um, I do think there is a, we know there's a universe of opportunity <clears throat> beyond that. Um, at the same time, I think that, um, you know, 
ABC has had a, we've had good conversations with them about the meaning of special event, which is not a defined term in the law or in the code. So, um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite, it's quite so narrow, but. Um, Could be an enduring event. Yeah, and I think, well, I think the idea of. The conversation, <laughs> okay. the conversation. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, there is. Um, not, not so special. Yeah, I, I, I would say that, I would say that I think the idea of making these things successful and given the work put into them, um, making them recurring is absolutely like like it, it. Nobody is thinking, oh, this is just a once a year sort of thing. Um, okay. Beyond that, we're honestly still still figuring out the the implementation pieces. But I would say that you know, in, in terms of looking to the future, that that special event piece is something that that stakeholders have identified as you know maybe there's some more conversations to be had at the state level around that, as well as for uh, cities that are not San Francisco who you know were informed very late in the process that they, uh, they're not going to be able to participate either. Got it. Very disappointing about the special. I, I just want to say what a big deal it is to get nightlife uses into the 90 day CU process, uh, for the lay person. This is, I don't think you can overstate how frustrating it is when you're trying to open a restaurant or bar or wine bar often, um, or a venue and you find out that your planning hearing isn't for eight or nine months. Uh, from the time that you're starting. And so you're paying rent that entire time, you're hemorrhaging money, you just need to get open and you can't because of something that's completely not your fault. And so that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's not quite passed yet, but first reading, got through the first reading, so. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, is there any public comment on um, Ben Van Houten's report? Okay, seeing none in the room or online, public comment is closed. The next item on our agenda is item number seven, hearing impossible action regarding applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. Here to present, Deputy Director Acevedo. Thanks, President Camino. Good evening, commissioners. We have five permits on the consent agenda this evening. Three of the applications are for jam to bam permit transitions and two are for new LLP permits. One of the jam to bam applications is for the ENDUP, who already holds a POE and EHP permit from our office. But they're here tonight for an amendment to their POE to add outdoor entertainment amplified sound that was previously covered under a jam permit. The planning department has recommended approval of this amendment request tonight, but the applicant is required to file a building permit with DBI to legalize the use. As such, if conditionally granted a approval tonight. Uh, we won't issue the POE permit until POE permit amendment until they have completed the building permit process. And I'm going to do my best to assist the applicants with that process as well. Um, the other two jam to BAMs are for F-PASS permits. The two new LLP permit applications are for indoor entertainment only. All of the applicants conducted neighborhood outreach and there was no opposition for these permits. Southern and Central Stations permits officers included their standard calendaring condition for the permits in their districts. So otherwise the staff recommendation is for the commission to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations listed below. I move approval of the consent calendar as described. Actually, why don't we <laughs> do public comment first? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, is there any public comment on, on this? No? Okay, public comment is closed. Okay, uh, Commissioner Laura, go ahead and 
<laughs> Bring us <Same> that motion. <laughs> Bring us that motion. Move the consent calendar as described with staff recommendations. Second. Okay. Director Wyland. All right. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. Your permit applications are conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Acevedo for next steps. And I'm turning it back to Director, Deputy Director Acevedo <laughs> for regular agenda. Great. The first permit on our regular agenda tonight is for a place of entertainment permit that includes outdoor amplified sound at the front of the business for Taco Rouge, located at 1500 Broadway. This premises was formerly known as Rouge and held a POE permit for over 20 years. The new ownership team has merged the concept of Rouge and the restaurant Nick's Crispy Tacos to create Taco Rouge. With the POE permit, they intend to host comedy nights and live entertainment such as DJs and bands. They are also seeking the ability to host outdoor amplified sound at the front of the business daily from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. to drive in foot traffic. The business conducted extensive outreach and noticed all of their commercial and residential neighbors sending out nearly 100 letters in total. There was one letter of opposition submitted by a nearby hotel owner who voiced concerns that Taco Rouge was going to cause problems because that is what they experienced decades ago when the premises was Johnny Loves. So I let the hotel owner know that Rouge has held a, held a POE permit in the same space for 20 years and that the EC exists to regulate entertainment permits rather than SFPD. And they let me know that they were no longer concerned based on the education that I provided. In SFPD's recommendation, you'll see that they suggest more security be hired if there are unruly patrons, but it's not listed as a staff recommendation as we can address that directly with the business by way of a revised security plan if the future arises, if issues arise in the future. So here to speak with you tonight is one of the owners, Richard Leiter. Thank you. My name is Richard Leiter. I live at 1523 Baker Street. I am one of the principals of ProBro LP DBA Taco Rouge. As Caitlin adequately and more professionally described what the business is going to be, it's essentially a restaurant and we're going to offer entertainment, uh, comedy nights and live music. It's been completely renovated and What's interesting is we did open the business May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and we're here today obtaining our perm requesting our permit, which is a continuation of the existing entertainment permit. I'm here to answer any questions. We're very excited about the opportunity and to bring additional life to the North Polk Street area of San Francisco. Okay, thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions, comments? No concerns here. Okay, why don't you go ahead and have a seat. Is there Thank any you. public comment on this item? Okay, public comment is closed. Do I have a motion? Motion to approve. Second. Okay, Executive Director Wyland. Okay. Can we have a vote please? Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Uh, President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. Your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Acevedo <laughs> for next steps. I'm sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> We're going to have a training on how to say my last name. 
the next per thank, thank you, President Camino. The next permit on our regular agenda is for a place of entertainment permit that includes outdoor entertainment and outdoor amplified sound on their private terrace for Chotomate, located at 100 Stockton Street. Chotomate is a brand new restaurant in Union Square that features a Japanese Korean fusion menu and a large rooftop terrace. They are seeking a POE permit to host indoor entertainment daily until 2 a.m., outdoor entertainment between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m., but not to exceed eight hours daily, and outdoor amplified sound between 11.30 a.m. and 1 a.m. when the business is open. Their programming will consist of an indoor DJ dinner during dinner service and outdoor amplified sound for diners on the terrace. They'd also like the ability to host occasional outdoor entertainment for brunches or special events. The business has no residential neighbors, but they did alert all of their commercial neighbors about the POE permit, and they received one letter of support from the Union Square Alliance, which is included in your file. There was no opposition, and SFPD added their standard calendaring condition. So here to speak to you on Zoom tonight is one of the owners, Kurt, and the director of operations, Jamie. Hi, Kurt. Uh, like, uh, oh. Yeah, well, I just wanted to very quickly um, just uh, say hello. And uh, my name's Kurt Stays. I'm the owner and founder. And I'm sorry that I can't be with you in person today. Uh, I was there for the initial, initial hearing, unfortunately got uh, postponed. And I'm now in uh, Miami at our restaurant uh, celebrating Art Basel. We have a number of uh, activations happening every night of the week. But I just wanted to, to be here and let you know that I am here and fully, fully excited to be in San Francisco on our rooftop. And Jamie will give you a little background as to who we are and what we do. And, and hopefully uh, we can uh, meet everyone's uh, approval. I'll, I'll stop now and pass over. Great. Thank you. And thank you all. And again, apologies. I could not be there myself as well, um, dialing in from London. Um, so we are Chotomate. Uh, we are a Nikkei restaurant. We have uh, taken our home in San Francisco um, on the rooftop of 100 Stockton um, as part of a revitalization project to bring some life back into the city. Uh, we serve Nikkei cuisine, um, which is a cuisine um, that originates in Peru um, and in effect is a Japanese, uh, um, the Japanese immigrants in Peru had uh, developed this cuisine using Peruvian ingredients um, with Japanese cooking techniques to develop um, the cuisine, which hopefully you guys can see through my share screen here. Um, as part of the restaurant, we are not only a restaurant, we are an entertainment, we consider ourselves to be a, an entertainment venue. Uh, the atmosphere is incredibly important to us. Um, within our restaurants, we have uh, live cooking um, and DJs uh, in all of our restaurants that we have around the world. Um, we are a globally recognized brand, um, and we look forward to playing a part in revitalizing the exciting um, part of the city that is Union Square. Um, here you can see a couple of um, reviews um, of the restaurant uh, that we have around the world um, to showcase sort of our abilities uh, and, and how we perform in other regions. And we look forward to doing the same in San Francisco with your support. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Commissioners, any questions or comments for our guests? It's exciting to have a rooftop space that doesn't have any residential neighbors. That's exciting. <laughs> Good location. Yeah. Thanks for your investment thank you. in San Francisco. I have no uh, concerns. It's, it's truly a pleasure, thank you. Sorry, what was that? I have no concerns. I'm, I'm ready to move once we have public comment. Okay, well, I have to say that PowerPoint presentation made me very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, is there any public comment on the permit application? 
Okay, online, no? Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Can we have a vote, uh, motion? Motion, please. I'd like to make a motion to approve this permit application. Seconded. Awesome, okay, can we have a vote, please? Okay, Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Deputy Hi. Director Azevedo. Azevedo. <laughs> okay, all right. I am so sorry. Okay. On the record, I apologize oh. for all the mispronunciation. <laughs> okay. Promise, promise, no hard okay. feelings. Um, the next permit on our regular agenda is for an LLP permit for Syzygy Academy located at 395 South Venice Avenue. Late last week, I learned that the business had incomplete neighborhood outreach and unresolved neighbor concerns that are currently being worked out. So at this time, I'd like to recommend the commission vote to continue this permit application to a future date so I can help uh, move the neighborhood mediation along. So moved. Second. Okay, uh, do we have public comments on this item? Yeah, you have to, yeah. Do you have any? There's no public comment. Okay, public comment is now closed. Could we have, oh, we do, okay. Um, hello, my name is Kayla Smith. Um, I'm also known in the artist community as Kayla Gustflow. And I am a member of Syzygy. Um, I wanted to give a little bit of background on who we are since it's a little different than what I've been seeing um, presented to the commission tonight. Um, we are a multidisciplinary creative co-op um, that's volunteer run. We um, try to encourage a third space for um, creatives in the San Francisco community and build places where um, people who are starting out in their creative journey can um, you know, try out some of their ideas and really thrive. Um, and I wanted to give a little bit of like why that uh, LLP is important for me. Um, as a visual artist, I was really um, empowered by finding this community. Um, it was kind of a come for the creative um, activities, stay for the long lasting community. And um, I want to see that in um, that ability to thrive in some of my fellow um, co-opers who um, do their creative activities under, under things that would be considered performance. So music or poetry readings um, and including some of that uh, multidisciplinary and continue that in our space. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to continue the LLP at a later date when we're able to work things out. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, do we have another public comment? Come on up. Hey, um, I'm Anthony Flocari. I'm also a member of Syzygy. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to speak to why this is important to me. Um, so I'm a musician. I, I play music with um, another one of uh, members of our musician community are here as well. Um, we, so we've had this space for a little over a year now. We use it for um, things like private music practice and allowing um, musicians to like workshop with each other. But we 
reach out to the community by, um, we provide a, a uh, we have a lot of people who join um, who are looking for how to connect with musicians in the community. And so being able to do things like songwriting workshops, that's something we can do now quietly in private, but we want to be able to um, be able to host music events where members of the community might be able to play publicly. When we have poetry readings or things like that, we want to be able to host events like that where we could have um, musicians between. We also um, have have partnered with like the San Francisco Public Library before to do a vinyl appreciation club, and it would be amazing if you know a member of the community could play music at the end of an event like that, or offer ways for people who have never um, been able to perform before um, have a space for this. So. Uh, I just wanted to put a face to it and say, you know, with, uh, this is uh, this is a um, community effort. We're not we're not a club. <laughs> we're not a business. We we just do this because we uh, this is a, a community run creative outlet. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Okay. Do we have another uh, public commenter? No. Okay. Great. Is there anyone online? Okay, public comment is now closed. Okay, can we have a vote please? Or is it a motion? I think we already had a motion, so I just need to take a vote. Okay, great. And to clarify, this is about postponing this until staff have had a chance to mediate some of the concerns. Yeah. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Thank you. All right. The next permit is for an LLP permit that includes outdoor amplified sound for the check-in located at 201 Ocean Avenue. The reason they are on the regular agenda tonight is because their application includes outdoor activity and this is not a jam to bam transition. The check-in is a neighborhood wine bar that has ample outdoor sidewalk seating. They've activated their outdoor space before via a partnership with the Excelsior Action Group, but we are now seeking but are now seeking an LLP permit to host indoor entertainment as well as ongoing outdoor amplified sound for their customers and to encourage foot traffic. If approved, they'd like to host indoor small bands um, or singers, karaoke, comedy, drag shows, and open mic nights. You'll see in the staff recommendations that I've listed the indoor entertainment to be between 12 p.m. and 11 p.m., and this is because the owners don't plan to open the business any earlier than noon. Their outdoor amplified sound would be used to play pre-recorded music daily between 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. And the business conducted extensive outreach and there was no opposition for their permit. F SFPD Ingleside Station did not have any added conditions. And here to speak with you tonight is one of the owners, Jeffrey Stott.
I'm just trying to get into the Google Drive. Okay. Yeah. Do it this way. Uh, good evening, Commission. Sorry for the delay. Uh, just wanted to introduce you to the check in lounge. Um, uh, I don't know if you. Yep. Yeah. So, this is just a little quote that we have uh, that is one of our little guiding principles. It might be that a corner bar plays a more important role in keeping a community happy than one might think. The research shows that those who have a drink in a local bar are significantly happier. Uh, have more friends, better life satisfaction, and are less likely to drink to excess. So we're a little neighborhood spot. The owners are myself, Jeffrey Stodd, and Richard Lugo. Richard unfortunately couldn't be here today. Uh, Richard is from Venezuela and has called San Francisco home since 2005 and has lived in Mission Terrace neighborhood where the bar is located since two, uh, 2012. He's a psychologist and has worked for many uh, years in counseling work in uh, San Francisco nonprofits. I myself, I'm from Australia. I've called San Francisco home since 2007. I've also lived in the Mission Terrace neighborhood uh, since 2012, and I've also had a career in animation. Uh, we're both immigrants and identify as LBGTQ, um, and we hope we have created a spot that feels welcome to all. About our spot. We are on Ocean Avenue at Otsego Avenue and Mission Terrace Excelsior. We opened during the middle of the COVID pandemic in September of 2021. We started with just a beer and wine license, uh, but in March 2023 this year, we were able to move on to a neighborhood liquor license. We offer small bites, cheese plates, flatbread pizzas, lasagna, Venezuelan tequeños made by Rich's mother, uh, along with wine, beer, and cocktails. We've hosted trivia nights, game nights. We have a knitting group, chess group, and lots of neighborhood friendship groups that visit us to socialize and make new friends. We thought it would be great to throw in some live performances uh, every now and then. Why an LLP permit? We've enjoyed hosting our outdoor event series, Alfresco Al Outdoors at Otsego Avenue, in partnership with the Excelsior Action Group and New Mission Terrace Neighborhood Improvement Association, along with Jerry Knight inside the check-in. We have listened to our customers and neighbors about their ideas for different programming. Uh, we would mainly be doing uh, small live performances to match the ambience of our spot, but like to offer a mix of options such as karaoke, uh, open mic, and drag from time to time to celebrate San Francisco's many cultural events. Uh, see here some of the flyers for, for our many outdoor events that we've had. We've done Pride, we've done a Halloween party, we've done Diwali, and we do a neighborhood uh, pasta party, uh, and those have been wonderful events. Um, the outreach that we've done, we've sent notifications to neighborhood residents in, the, uh, in both in the building and surrounding area, along with letters to Delhi Man uh, directly in front and the Balboa Church behind the property. Additionally, our neighborhood association, New Mission Terrace Neighborhood Improvement Association, penned a letter of support of our application. And I just want to leave you with uh, a few pictures from our outdoor events. 
Uh, and, and really, you know, we just want to bring this sense of community that we've been able to do out on the street with these events in, inside the bar and be able to do those performances going forward. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you so much. This is wonderful. This is actually the neighborhood that I'm born and raised in. Oh, so, awesome. <laughs> so this is awesome to see this. I've driven past your establishment many times and I was very curious. Okay, cool. <clears throat> um, commissioners, any questions, comments? Okay. Hello, good evening. I also live in Excelsior, over there by Geneva and Mission, and I'm sorry I haven't been able to stop by your, it's all good. your place. <laughs> I'd love to check, check it out soon. Uh, I just want to follow up on your outreach, and I see that you have some outreach here. Yep. Can you kind of give us a little bit more information on what kind of outreach does that entail? I see they have residences. Did you meet with them? Did you have an event, or what was that process like? No, we did this via, via letters, um, and so uh, we've, we've had kind of the outdoor events, uh, and so we've, we've done some door-to-door -door knocking with those. Um, but with this, we just did letters for outreach. Uh, so we sent letters to Delhi Men, which is directly across from us, uh, and then for the church just behind us, and then uh, the, the the letters to the residents of the of the building and the immediate area. It, it's on a five ways, and so it's there's, it's actually kind of a big block uh, where it's it, there is kind of a bit of a distance to a lot of the neighbourhood uh, residential. So we haven't really sent a lot of a lot of um, letters of, of outreach, but certainly to the area that's within uh, the scope of of the sound that we anticipate for the permit. I went to Balboa High School, so I'm very familiar with okay, this cool. space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this uh, list of residences that you listed, did you <laughs> actually speak with them? Sorry? Did you actually speak with these neighbors? No, we sent them letters. Though. You sent them a letter? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. I understand. So in case there are some kind of noise complaints, uh, how would people be able to reach you and how you, how, what's your plan to address those potential noise complaints? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we have a very open door, obviously. Um, I think we've created uh, very much a, um, an atmosphere of community, and I think we've tried to promote that through the events that we've done out on the street. Uh, we feel like there's been a very, um, very positive reaction to those events. People do really see it as an activation of the community. Uh, and I think, we've, I think we've presented ourselves earnestly as as people who are just wanting to create spaces for people to socialize. Uh, and so to that end, I think as owners, we've kind of put our face to it as well. Um, we've done all of our events in partnership with community uh, organizations as well. And so I think if there's issues, obviously we'll, we'll hear them and we'll deal with them. Um, and you know we're very aware of the, um, the, the stipulations of the policies and the, and the guidelines as well. Is there like a phone number that can be listed either in your website or a Facebook page that somebody will yeah, there's answer a phone number in for real our, time? For, there's a phone number for our business on our website. Um, my email address is on our website too. Uh, and so we have people reach out from the neighborhood from time to time to ask questions about the business, things like that. Um, and so we feel like there's, you know, uh, the, it's easy to access us uh, in the event of an issue. And, and obviously we, you know, we would invite anybody um, to approach us at, at any time, you know, we're, we'd be happy to, to talk with our neighbors. Okay, sounds great. But will that phone number be um, answered in and addressed real time? Will the... Yes, of course. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. That's why I want to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay.
Thank you. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? Okay, Is there any you. public comment on this item? We actually have a hand raised from your business associate, so I'm going to allow oh. you to talk, Richard. Oh, okay. Well, this gentleman's walking up. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, oh can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I was just going to comment also that we have a very close uh, relationship with our neighborhood association director that is there, David Hooper. So in the event that there is any issues coming up, um, uh, we, will be, uh, we will be in contact with him. And he will always let us know. And we are very available um, for the whole community. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's an introduction for you. Online? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. So this is uh, um, I don't think I'll take three minutes. Uh, good evening, commissioners. My name is David Hooper. I serve as the president of the new Mission Terrace Improvement Association. Uh, I guess it's new because it started in 1948. Everybody thinks the neighborhood is the new Mission Terrace. No, it's just Mission Terrace. Um, when, uh, when Richard and Jeffrey opened the center of gravity uh, and attracted people, the center of gravity in the neighborhood changed. People were more likely to walk across ocean, which is um, a challenge of street sometimes. And they've brought a lot to the community. That's the first thing I'd say. It is true, there is a knitting group, there is a chess group. Um, and they meet on Wednesdays if you're interested. Um, but the other thing I'd like to say is that it is part of the effort uh, that they initiated that has been supported by the Excelsior Action Group with Maribel Ramirez, and it has one of the efforts in Mission Street and in the greater outer Mission Excelsior neighborhood to support local businesses. And if you have just one spot, people can't gravitate to another. If you have two or three or four, you suddenly you have a dynamic situation. And that's what they've given us. So emphatically, I say, uh, please uh, approve the LLP. And um, what did the other people say? Something about a poetry reading? Maybe we could do that too. So thank you very much for your work. And um, please support the LLP. Okay, thank you. Is there any other public comment? There's no more public comment. Okay, thank you. Public comment is <laughs> closed. Do we have a motion? Uh, I'd be, oh, so um, I know Rich Lugo through work and I'm very happy to support this and support him. Um, but I'm happy to make a motion to approve with staff recommendations. Seconded. Excellent, can we have a vote please? Absolutely. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. Congratulations. Your permit has been approved. Uh, please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> okay. For next steps. <laughs> Thank you. All right, what's that? What's next? Oh, <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay, <laughs> the next permit on our 
Whew. The next permit on our regular agenda is for an LLP for American Bites, located at 478 Green Street. American Bites is a bar and restaurant that is seeking the ability to host indoor entertainment, such as bands and DJs, during dinner service or during private events. For background, I'd like to share that we have experienced intermittent enforcement issues with the business over the last four years with them hosting unpermitted entertainment events, but now they are applying for the LLP permit to ensure their operations are compliant. The owner conducted extensive outreach using a mailing service to notify nearly 200 residential and commercial neighbors in their vicinity about the LLP permit application. The letter was written in both English and Mandarin, and it included a copy of the GNP. We received six letters of support, including from the North Beach neighbors, along with one letter of opposition from Telegraph Hill dwellers. All of this documentation is included in your file tonight. I did hear directly from three neighbors who had concerns about the permit application, which originally included outdoor amplified sound and entertainment. After I spoke with the neighbors and shared their concerns with the owner, he modified the LLP application and he removed the outdoor activity so it only included out indoor entertainment. Director Wyland and I spoke with the neighbors during a second meeting that also included Supervisor Peskin, and I hosted a third neighbor meeting with an owner of American Bites. The neighbors are most concerned with sound coming from the outdoor patio and have asked that it be closed to patron use anytime there is indoor entertainment, but Director Wyland and I have both clarified that the planning department granted the business approval of the patio use, and it's not within our purview to regulate the patio if they are not hosting outdoor entertainment or amplified sound. As such, the neighbors have drafted an MOU for the business, which includes a handful of agreements that are outside of our purview to regulate or enforce, so we intend to leave this agreement between the parties and their legal counsel. At this time of writing, at the time of writing this memo, the business had not agreed to all of the MOU language, so it hadn't been executed. Separately, the neighbors proposed a set of permit conditions that the owner agreed to and are included in the staff recommendation below, except that there remains a difference of opinion on the number of indoor entertainment events per month that can end at 10 p.m. versus 8 p.m. As a reminder, 10 p.m. is the cutoff for entertainment under an LLP permit in this zoning district. Both parties have agreed to the business hosting 10 entertainment events per month. The business would like five of the events to end by 10 p.m. and the other five events to end by 8 p.m. The neighbors have requested that four events end by 10 p.m. and six events end by 8 p.m. The commission has the ability to decide the number of events that end by 10 p.m. versus 8 p.m. And as a reminder, the applicant can always request to come back before you and have their time, place, and manner conditions modified at a future date. There were no added conditions from SFPD, and here to speak with you tonight is Mike Saremi, but please let me know if you have any questions for me before the applicant comes up, because I know this was a lot of information. Doesn't look like it. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Stefano Coslato. I'm a registered re um, lobbyist here in San Francisco. Um, been doing work in North Beach for over 35 years. Um, I'm with Mike Saremi today, and um, he's going to be available for any questions that you have pertaining to any operations. I would just like to kind of rehash a little bit about what um, Caitlin just mentioned. Um, when we did apply for this, we applied for an indoor-outdoor permit. And there was a pushback from, from our immediate neighbors. And um, so I met with the, the principals and said, hey, look, um, although you'd like to use the back, 
patio with music, amplified, non, you know, amplified. Um, let's let's take that off the table. So that was a big sacrifice on our part. Okay. In addition to that, we felt okay. You know, maybe there might be some additional concerns and this and that. How do we remedy those situations? So there are mitigating things that we've taken into place. There's double pane windows. There's a limiter on the speakers. Um, we had a sound uh, test done. The good news about this building is the building does contain the sound pretty well. The way it's it's kind of a weird, you know, warehouse shaped building, but it contains sound. The outdoor permit or the outdoor patio is permitted for people to eat outside or go outside for fresh air or everything else. And today you may hear from some of the neighbors that were they, they like that restricted or you know taken off the table, but we we would like to keep that in play. Okay, we, we want to use the patio. We do feel that we can monitor it in a way that it won't cause any adverse impacts to our neighbors and stuff. And I think we have enough safeguards in place to do that. Um, we may differ on opinions on, on, on this and that, but at the same time, um, I think we're, at a, we're pretty close. And we may need a little bit of your assistance on whether to implement a condition or two um, to get this thing you know, approved tonight. Um, I'm not interested in signing any private agreements. Um, I think we've seen tonight that where we've seen this um, enforcement arm that this commission has, that they're pretty serious about regulating sound and, and, and monitoring uh, complaints and everything else. So I don't think it's necessary to sign any private agreements um, when you have a marketing arm, I mean, excuse me, a enforcement arm in place. I think it's in the both interests of both parties to have this thing permitted because obviously we want it permitted so that we can have music. And at the same time, I think the neighbors should want it permitted simply because they have access to enforcement if they have complaints uh, and, and people to follow up on those complaints and stuff. But I really think that we're really close and we'll be available for some questions and hopefully we can mediate this a little bit. Okay. <laughs> any questions? Yeah. I'm here if there's any other questions I need to yeah. want me to answer. Wait, are you presenting? Are yeah, you guys no. presenting? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean I was just here to see if you if any if there's any other questions. Uh, I've spoken to the neighbors, you know, been trying to be very attentive and you know, just uh, if you want to be good neighbors, we don't wanna, you know. Uh, we don't want to be a nightclub, it's just a restaurant. We just want to have the ability to, to have weddings, graduations, things like that when people want to have a DJ or small live performance. Okay. okay. All right. Thank uh, you. Commissioners, any questions or comments here? Um, uh, sir, could you actually stay at the podium so that you can respond to some yes. of these questions? Sorry. Thank you. No, no worries. Okay, Commissioner Perez. Hello, thanks for coming in. Just a quick question. Who will be responsible for answering neighbor potential neighbor complaints and how do you plan to address that? That, that will be me. Uh, my personal cell phone number, email address, restaurant's phone number, it was on the uh, outreach letter. I'm available anytime. They can call me directly if there's any issue. Thank you. That's it. Okay. Commissioners? 
Okay. I don't. I don't have any questions now. I'd, I'd personally, I'd like to hear public comment to see to get a sense of concerns, okay. and then maybe ask for some other clarifying questions afterwards. But okay, that sounds good. Okay, why don't you guys go have a seat, and we'll call you back up. Okay, is there any public comment on this item? Well, thank you all very much, folks. Is there? A thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Folks, nice to see you this evening. I'm Stan Hayes, president of the Telegraph Hill Dwellers, and on behalf of the THD board and its more than 500 members, we want to ask that conditions be placed on this permit to ensure the peace and quiet of the many neighbors who live immediately close to American Bites. I think you can tell by this figure, which is also page two of the handout that you just got, uh, you can tell that the site of American Bites is unique, it's an island surrounded by some of the densest, most closely packed housing in all of North Beach. Within 150 feet, there are more than a dozen residential buildings and more than 100 residences living in approximately 80 units. Although the restaurant currently occupied by American Bites has been a restaurant for more than 70 years, the current tenant has a history of excessive noise and complaints that the neighbors I'm sure will tell you about. It's this behavior that the neighbor's fear is going to continue. So should the commission decide to approve this permit, we strongly recommend that you consider adding conditions to protect the neighbors along the lines of what you see in the first page of the handout. I'm gonna go through those at the risk of taking some time. First off, we strongly urge the commission to add a condition that all performances be limited to indoor restaurant space only with the exterior doors, including doors to the outdoor patio, closed during all entertainment. We also ask number two, entertainment should be limited to 10 times per month, beginning at 5 p.m. and ending, half ending by 10 p.m. and the other half ending by 8 p.m. Third, the restaurant entertainment venue shall fully comply with the Entertainment Commission's good neighbor policy. In accordance with this policy, the restaurant and entertainment venue must be fully and effectively soundproofed, including but not limited to double-paned windows on the north side of the building and sound curtains. Four, a mechanism shall be established to receive, process, and address neighborhood complaints should they occur, including a clear staff point person and a phone number that's been distributed to the neighbors for that purpose. And finally, five, the permit should be, shall be reviewed after a three month and could possibly be extended to six months if you thought that more appropriate to verify compliance with the permit conditions 
and that noise levels and disturbance of the neighbors are kept to a minimum. So folks, I hope you'll consider adding these to the, to the permit in the hopes that, uh, that the formality of the permit will, will provide greater certainty to the neighbors who are concerned about this. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Mr. Hayes. Um, is there another public commenter? Please come forward. Um, no, but oh, I almost. Okay, I wanted to keep that that visual up, and you guys ready for me? Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Oh, I should start? Oh, well, I don't have much time. So my name's Ian Clovel. I live in North Beach. I live near the pro under the prop above the property for 20 years. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank the commissioner and the deputy commissioners for their time as they've worked, worked with us on this. Um, I participated and contributed to the mitigation steps. But honestly, folks, I got real serious concerns here. From the indoor amplified music, I, the, the building is not sound, I can hear it, and the cascading no, noise on the deck, and there's real concerns here. The impact of approving this, you're going to disturb the quiet, peaceful enjoyment north of 200 people, right? Most, because it's a courtyard, you're mostly facing bedrooms and living rooms. If this property was different, if it was facing the street, I would support it but it's facing a deck. Many of my neighbors are elderly immigrants that don't speak English. So sending letters of notification, I'm quite sure they probably haven't read it. They're not here and they don't have a voice. So I want us to realize that when we look at this music permit, we're not talking about one, one person, we're talking north of 200 people in a deck. Um, historically, this has been a restaurant White tablecloth, it has been a good function. It has been, a, sorry, not a good function. It has been a good use of the property. These guys want to use this as a nightclub, not a restaurant. Let's not fool ourselves. Um, they can have up to 200 people in this restaurant. And I've been coached by the commissioner and the deputy commissioner that you guys have no responsibility for the deck. This is a building permit. We have to connect these. If you bring 200 people and say, we don't we're not responsible for the deck, 50 people come out on the deck, make lots of noise, it's easy to say the music permit didn't cause this noise, but there's 200 people in the property. Um, if we have to approve this, I would like to revisit this in 30 days. I have deep concerns that this is the wrong use for this property. Well, there you go. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, this is the, <laughs> I thought that was my end. Um, we have had ongoing issues with these folks, unfortunately. In 2021, they played amplified music without proper permits. I believe you guys actually closed them down. 86 decibels in my living room with all the windows closed. 
2023, there was, there's been 16 complaints between 2022 and 2023. Okay, sorry, your time's up. Thank, thank you. Th thank you for your time. Okay, is there another public commenter? Okay, please come forward, thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Kelly Kirsting. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to say here this evening. I think I really did appreciate um, um, the time that um, Deputy Director Azevedo um, and Director Ryland educating us on what's going on with this and what was within their purview and what was not. Um, I thought as a result that, you know, it was clear what was going to be under the proposed permit conditions and what was could be separate under the proposed neighbor agreement. And I know there's a good neighbor policy and, um, you know, we were meeting um, uh, with, um, with Mike on a, a Zoom meeting this week and, you know, he was speaking to wanting things to be different than the way they were before. And, um, you know, I think all of us want to presume goodwill and try and resolve issues and move forward. I think my concern here um, is specifically, you know, they kind of are speaking to the fact that they have the right to use this patio. Um, and I think that, you know, I've been told that that's an issue for the planning department. I think the neighbors are between a rock and a hard place because um, if they are fully allowed by the planning department to use the, um, the patio space until 10 p.m. with food and drink, and then they also get a music permit, what happens is this particular restaurant is now going to be used in a way that, yes, it has been a restaurant for 70 years. They talked about the landmark issues. It was the former spaghetti factory, I believe, and then Bachi Cafe. This, you know, nobody moves to San Francisco, I think, to like to live, you know, like a quiet life in the country, right? We expect to hear noise in North Beach, and there is a real charm to it to be able to walk out your door and have all this at your, at your feet. This particular location has been a restaurant, and I went this week to go visit and have a drink and check out the space just so I could see for myself. And it's a very, it's a very nice space. Um, the patio is lovely. You know, I could see why you'd want to sit out there and have a beer and food on a beautiful afternoon. When you use an, a space like this, though, to have these larger events, particularly where like people are celebrating, it's like a big party or a wedding and they have a DJ and there's lots of dancing, I think it's very hard to control the kind of sound that comes from an event like this, right? Particularly, even though they are saying with these permit conditions that they would be inside, but they still want to be able to use the patio and open the door and go out there, and every time that opens and then people are trying to speak over the event that is happening inside with the DJ and dancing, it's very loud, incredibly loud. And it's just not how this space has been used historically, right? These have been restaurants and um, not events where they've had big parties, um, live or DJ amplified music and create this amount of sound. So that's my concern. Okay, thank you so thank much. You. Okay, is there another public commenter? Okay. Thank you. Public comment is now closed. Let's resume our discussion and uh, questions for the applicant. So if you guys can return to the podium, please. Uh, Commissioner Thomas? Well, just I, um, 
the set of permit conditions recommended by the Telegraph Hill dwellers, um, essentially all of them are already a part of our permit conditions, such as the good neighbor policy. That's a standard condition that all of our permit holders need to live up to. So there, it's, there's no need to also put it into something additional. But I guess my question was of the permit conditions recommended by the Telegraph Hill dwellers, um, uh, aside from the issue about how many events go until 10 versus eight, um, are there any here that that you have challenges with or that would be difficult for you to meet? I think the only point of disagreement is we want to be able to use the patio if there's a musing site. We agreed to keep the doors closed, keep the curtains down, and we already have the limits on the sound. And additionally, I gave my guarantees that me and my management team, we're going to police the patio. If somebody's rowdy, if people are loud, we have signage outside stating that we have neighbors, please be mindful, respectful, keep it quiet. So this, this, uh, these are things we, we want to do, we will do. Uh, the only thing is, for example, if I have a, we have a wedding there and somebody wants to go and get some uh, fresh air, under this condition, we can say, oh, you cannot go outside. You can't only be inside in, in the wedding. So that ties our hand in, as, as far as operating the business goes. Uh, Totally understand, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people are loud, so we, we want to stop that. We, uh, I acknowledge that. We have made mistakes before. This was in the past. We didn't know about some of the neighbors because right in front of the patio, there's this uh, commercial space. Mm -hmm. It's empty, so my initial thought was, oh, there's nobody around. We didn't know that the sound would funnel up, uh, yeah. go up through, and uh, so we found that out later, and we're trying to address it. Got it. And it, it sounds like, and it looks like the deputy director uh, would like to weigh in on it, but my understanding is our ability to influence things ends <laughs> at the doors, um, and that as, as with all of our permitted venues, there are requirements around keeping doors and windows closed, sound curtains, et cetera, so this would not be any different from what we require generally. This is the Telegraph Hill dwellers requested condition specifically specifies or specifically states that the patio would be closed for all patron use, which we cannot impose on a permit condition. So yeah, that's yes. different than keeping the doors closed per the GNP. Right. So, so yes, yeah, so we cannot impose the language that is requested here. And I also just want to clarify number two, the condition number two from the Telegraph Hill dwellers. Uh, it throws in something that has not been discussed before, which is that the entertainment would begin at 5 okay. p.m., which is Got a it. big Thank you. Uh, restriction. Yes. Got it. Thank you. Um, thank you. Answer my question. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Blyman. Can you give me a sense of the layout of the space? The, the door to the patio, is that right near or like where the DJ is or where you'd have music? Or they... No, DJ is all the way inside. The yeah. patio is actually the furthest away from the DJ. Got it. It's completely in the heart of the restaurant. It's right in the middle of the restaurant. Got it. So you have to go like this big of a room, then you have to walk out to the patio. Got it. Okay. I don't have any more questions for the applicant. Okay. Commissioner Perez? Following up on that question, is it possible to 
direct the speakers? Is that facing the door to the patio? Is it like Absolutely. facing Actually, away? so for instance, if the DJ booth is here, the dance floor is here, so all the speakers are concentrated in this 20 by 20 area, and the patio is all the way that side. And we have all the pictures. I mean, it's in the file. I've been in contact with okay. the deputy director. Commissioner Perez, I'd also just like to weigh in to say that Senior Inspector has already Senior Inspector Zavrina has already gone out and set a sound limit. And just to reiterate, the normal protocol for us to set a limit is to take the ambient from the front property plane of the business. But in this case, we actually he actually took the ambient from the patio. So taking into consideration, it's a much lower ambient sound. So he took it in the direction of the closest sensitive receptor. Um, and actually, you'll see the the limit that's listed here: 92A. 94C. I mean, this business holds sound fairly well, all things considered. Um, so this limit is, in fact, set in accordance with uh, Article 29. Thank you. Okay, thank you. My only comment is it sounds like you've made a lot of compromises here, very attentive to the issues expressed by the neighbors as staff uh, underscored some of the things being asked for here are outside of our purview. So um, I think you've, you, in my opinion, you've more than come along halfway on, on these compromises and I'm ready to um, move on this, uh, on this permit if public comment has uh, completed. Yeah, that's great. Why don't you guys have a seat? Thanks. It sounds like we're ready to entertain a motion. Would you like to start? Sure, I would like to um, move to approve this permit with staff recommendations and the applicant requested indoor entertainment um, parameters 10 times per month um, with five ending by 8 p.m. and five ending by 10 p.m. Second. Can we have a vote, please? Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay, thank you. Your uh, permit has been conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo. Thank you. Okay, and then we have two more to go. So, Deputy Director, go ahead. Great. The next application is for an F-Pass permit for 165, a cafe-style restaurant located at 165 O'Farrell Street. The business is seeking the ability to host outdoor amplified sound daily from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday and 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Sundays and Mondays for their patrons and to drive in foot traffic. 165 does not have any residential neighbors, but they did conduct outreach by sharing a letter with their commercial neighbors. There was no opposition for this permit and Central Station did not have any added conditions. Here to speak with you virtually on Zoom tonight is uh, Manager Tyler. Tyler, I'm promoting you to a panelist. If you please share okay. your screen. Okay, just confirming you can see the screen. We can see it. And awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. All right. Hi, uh, my name is Tyler Erps. I'm the IT manager for Alexander's Steakhouse, um, and I'm gonna. Quickly just introduce you to um, one of our businesses, uh, 160, 165, which is on uh, 165 O'Farrell Street 
Um, it's a six-story restaurant um, containing four different dining concepts, as you can see here. Um, and I'll just show you some photos. Um, this is our first floor. We have the patisserie and boutique, and uh, we sell coffee, tea, um, and a lot of uh, treats, as you can see here. And then uh, our third floor, uh, we have a bistro, and uh, we sell um, a lot of really good food, um, elevated bistro food. Um, it's just a great experience. And then um, on our fourth floor, uh, we have the Elements Bar and Lounge. Um, you can see some of our drinks here. And then um, on our fifth floor, uh, we have our fine dining concept, um, which actually has a, a Michelin star currently, um, headed by um, our amazing chef, uh, Claude Latohik. And uh, here's some of the food just to show you. All right, so moving on from that, um, how will we use the FS permit? Um, we plan on using this uh, outside the first floor, um, primarily for um, business, uh, our patisserie, uh, just to drive in traffic. But anyways, uh, it's going to be pre-recorded uh, French-style music. Um, we're going to install two ceiling speakers above the front door. And uh, the purpose for it is to provide an ambience for guests using outdoor seating and to also drive foot traffic into the business. And you can see here uh, the outside of the business and where we want to install the speakers. And then lastly, uh, regarding outreach, uh, I had the director of operations for that business hand out letters uh, individually to each business, um, just explaining what it's for. And if the owner wasn't there to uh, hand that over to them, um, you can see here, uh, luckily, our business is uh, kind of surrounded by um, businesses. There's no uh, residential. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Okay, thank you. Yep, thank you. Okay, do we have any questions for our permit applicant? Okay, no, it looks like we're good. Okay, let's open this up to public comment. Okay, there's none in the room. There's no public comment. There's none online. Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? Motion to approve. Seconded. Awesome. Can we have a vote, please? Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay, congratulations. Your permit has been granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo, because she will help you. And... That's it. So we have one more permit applicant. Right. That's right. The final permit on our regular agenda tonight is for a jam to bam transition to an F pass permit for Lost Resort located at 2736 20th Street. Lost Resort has held a jam permit for outdoor amplified sound from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. on their private patio since February 2021. Under this F-Pass permit application, they'd like to continue hosting out Amplified Sound Monday through Friday, 4 to 10, and increase the hours on Saturday and Sunday from 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
The reason they are on the regular agenda tonight is because after the applicant conducted their neighborhood outreach, we received six letters of support along with nine letters of opposition. The main reason for the neighbor's concern about this permit application is patron noise they feel is associated to the amplified music, which they claim gets turned up throughout the night. However, the owners confirm that the volume of their music stays the same from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Owners have been in direct contact with the neighbors opposing their permit, and as a solution to their concerns, EC staff have scheduled a sound test to quantify a sound limit for their volume of the speakers. I've clarified to both parties that since we do not regulate patron noise, senior inspectors of Reno will set a DBA-DBC sound limit and then translate that to the volume control on Lost Resort's sound system, meaning we won't be taking a sound reading using our sound meter when the bar is in operation because the patron noise will skew the reading. Instead, when conducting a compliance check, we'd look to the volume knob on the sound system and ensure it's not in exceeding the designated maximum volume. Uh, Mission Station did not have any added conditions for this permit, and here to speak with you tonight are owners Brad and Nate. Good evening, commissioners. Good evening, commission staff. My name is Nate Valentine. With my business partner, Brad. Uh, we're the owners of Lost Resort, uh, 2736 20th Street. Um, we are here to discuss our outdoor patio. Uh, as described, um, we have an indoor space, uh, we have an outdoor space, we have ambient music. Um, it's not a music that is like turned up for a nightclub or a bar, like loud bar environment. It's a, an aspect of our business. We have a full service restaurant. Um, you can see our menu online if you'd like. Uh, we're proud of what we serve from a, a food perspective. It's what got us through a pandemic um, by having food. And it's what we, it's kind of what, we opened during the pandemic, so it established us as a restaurant, and we've kind of stayed that way within the neighborhood we're in. Um, we are looking to, we understand that there is neighborhood concern. Um, this is something we've, we've spoken with neighbors about in the past. Um, we initially had an open outdoor patio. We have since added a uh, covered uh, portion of the patio, which we leave on year year round to help mitigate any noise uh, leaving the patio. We've also added we have an open uh, fence. We've added a plexiglass to that fence. Um, there's also a, a section of the uh, above the, the garage that's there that we've added plexiglass there to help kind of keep sound inside the patio. Um, our goal is to be good neighbors. Our goal is to continue to work with the neighborhood. Um, Deputy Director Acevedo put us in touch with um, some of the, the individuals that wrote uh, letters, and that's how we came to, to with the idea of putting noise limiter on our speakers outside. Um, we've actually, I've said to them in an email that if it doesn't work and it still concerns, we'll continue to work with them uh, to figure out things we can do. We're not going to necessarily be in a position where we can be perfect in terms of what they might want to hear in a neighborhood with voices and things at night, but we will always do our best. Uh, Brad, myself, and the team, we do immediately shut down the patio, um, not only from a noise perspective, but we actually close the patio um, on our own accord, uh, 10 p.m. weekdays and t uh, 11 o'clock Friday and Saturday, and bring everybody inside. Um, we always shut the music down at 10 p.m., and we are very, very, very cognizant of it because it's something that we've had uh, conversations with our neighbors about in the past, and we've always been very um, respectful to make sure we keep the message at a, a set level and don't turn it up. So for us to add that to as a condition, it's not a concern because we already do it and we'd be happy to continue to do it. Um, we'll ha happy to answer any questions or have uh, additional comments if anyone else has something that they want to talk about. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, commissioners, any questions for our guests? 
No, I'll just say I live not too far, and I've been there a number of times, and I really like the patio, and I appreciate having a place in the neighborhood to go and have drinks outside. So um, I support this. I like the stuff, French toast. (laughs) French menu. Thank you. I want it now. Thank you. Dory, you need to eat dinner before these meetings. I know. That's one thing we've learned. I know. I know. Go ahead, Commissioner Perez. Hello, thanks for coming in. And um, what's your policy in addressing potential noise complaints for your neighbors? Our, we, our policy is that we handle one by one, and if there is a concern, we immediately look to see if there's any noise that is occurring, turn anything down. In the last two weeks, I've, I've walked the neighborhood, like listening without the staff knowing that I was there to like determine if we are in a position where we're adding like music at a level that's uncomfortable or too loud. And every single time, with you know, I didn't do your job, but like I didn't have a sound reader, but I, I couldn't hear the music outside. Uh, I, I was sitting across the street where there is residences there. I didn't hear any music, so. We, we, we are active already, but if people have uh, noise points, we've given everyone our email address. We have a phone number on our website. If people call or do anything, we will immediately address it. Okay, excellent, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, any other comments, questions? Okay, you can have a seat. Thank you. Is there any public comment for this item? Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? Motion to approve. Seconded. We have a vote, please. Okay, Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Uh, President Camino. Aye. Vice President Plyman. Aye. Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay, congratulations. Your permit has been granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo. Woo! Okay. All right. Okay, the last item on our agenda is item number eight, commissioner comments, questions, new business requests for future agenda items. I would like to put a request in for future agenda item. Can we, or it doesn't have to be, it'd be agendized, but I'd like to um, um, request that we create a working group or something to look at fees uh, for smaller LLPs uh, and FPAS just to see if there's anything we can do for like the smallest businesses, uh, especially for outdoor amplified sound. So oh, like just, a sliding scale. It is yeah. right now. All right. Well, no, you like you want us to explore a so, sliding scale. Uh, yeah, or just look to see if there's something we can do. Because can you remind me how much an F pass uh, is if you're not grant seven hundred and ninety two dollars to apply? Yeah, and so I know there's some real small. Although we did cut that in half for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I would just like to look into it to see because there's some tiny places that only have a. Yeah. 30 something capacity and they'd like to have a speaker in their parklet and yeah. you know so it, it's not something we need to solve right now but i yeah. just want to put it on our put on our radar it's kind of crazy that we charge them the same thing as like yeah. chase center for having a speaker we probably don't need a working group we could just do a meeting i don't care what kind okay. of situation it's in in fact the <laughs> fewer meetings and the more less working groups the better for me yes. we'll bring it to our next exec call perfect perfect okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> uh, that was very thoughtful and insightful. Uh, Commissioner Perez. I just want to say happy 20th anniversary to us. Hopefully, we'll be able to invite a lot of other former commissioners to join us, and I'm happy to help me. Send yes, them. please help. Yeah, invite. I don't uh, know if I know all of them, but uh, they're all my Facebook friends. So I'll... I definitely invited our two founding 
members, Terrence oh. Allen and oh. Audrey Joseph. And I know Terrence is coming, maybe Audrey, mm-hmm. which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard Stephen Lee can't come, sadly. Oh, so, yes. Please help me invite folks. Yeah, Tell all your fine. friends. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to be there, unfortunately. I have to go back east and what? see my mom. I know, I know. So I'm it's gonna be to like miss a, it. It's going to be like a Shabbat dinner where we leave like a table, a chair for yes, you. Yes, you should all have, have a cocktail a for me. Sitting there. Yes, have an old-fashioned for me. Oh, yeah, will do. Okay, we will miss you, but we understand. Okay, well... Um, Thank you to everybody who's been helping us with the promotion of this event. As a reminder, it is on Monday, December 11th at Bourbon and Branch, which is located on Jones Street. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something. Like, yeah, it is on Jones. <laughs> Starting at five. Five-ish. Five o'clock. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it goes till officially 730, but we might shut it down. It goes till... I shut down. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this meeting is adjourned at 7.47 p.m. Thank you. Nice.